You know, Rodney, I don't know if people think we just watch a movie and then immediately say this is this is the one that we're going to do an episode on. It just works out so well all the time where, wow, these guys watch maybe one movie a week and, and boom, that's that's the one they tell us to watch. No. No, that's not the case. Not um, the case. Not at all. So no. we watch a lot of movies and I was thinking, you know, Rodney, it's especially, I think, a sacrifice for you. In a, in a really unique unique way because okay, we're uh, go with this well you know I don't I don't know anyone who's a, as big a fan of the show law and order SVU as <laughs> as you are and so when it bum, comes bum, to, bum. when it comes time to watching movies you're really sacrificing on on SVU reruns on Netflix you know it's it's a it's a thing that happened this year we had uh there there's two co-ops uh, two interns that I'm working with and they were the ones who mentioned it. And so it started back in like January, February, and it's some weird kind of addicting. Yeah, it's it? never going to stop. And actually, you know, yeah, you've I'm, been hooked. I'm, I'm don't act it's like contagious. It's contagious. Yeah, it's all it's of a sudden, bad. All of a sudden, Chet, like there goes a Saturday. We've been in here, beautiful day. All of a sudden, it's like, what time is it? It's nine. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is because they're forty minute episodes, and so like as one's ending, I'm thinking, did I just did I just watch another yeah. forty minute? The only thing that i struggle with is like there's nothing about it that you can talk about at work no no Do you know what i mean yeah no like there's like all of a sudden you go and you're starting to talk about an episode and you go like the part where oh no well what about uh no the one thing you uh, can talk about is the the comedic genius of iced tea iced tea is, is the best isn't so it? good so if, good. If I had an extra 115 hours, Chet, I, you know that's what our show does, right? Is it saves people 115 hours a, a year? That sounds like a good service. Um, that's us. And what I would do, just freaking SVU it up, man. Yeah. I I've just watched the last like two seasons. Yeah. And I feel like it's I'm just so always waiting for Ice T to say something great. Like he he's. He's the one who will say like the really cheesy joke that yeah. has sexual undertones yeah. to it. Yeah, oh, always. Yeah. Like there was the one recently where like like a like a setup to to the rest of the story, <laughs> there was a guy who had his flute stolen. Yes. Like his actual musical instrument flute stolen yeah, by knew. by an expert. <laughs> I think by, by an expert. By, by, by an expert. By an expert flute stealer. By an expert no, he, flute he had, stealer. He had his his flute stolen by a by an escort that he had hired for the night. And so that was kind of the lead up to the rest of the, and as soon as we saw that, we we're like, okay, I, I see he's going to make a joke. He about, goes about the flautist. She played his flute. Then she stole, stole his flute. Best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So what's the movie we're looking at tonight? Uh, the movie that we're looking at is the imitation game. That's right. And that has uh Keira Knightley as one of the main characters. So our topic for tonight is our favorite Keira Knightley movies. Cause she's a, I think a very underrated actress. I love her. And uh, we're also going to be doing movies to avoid. But we're switching it up on you. You're not supposed to let them know yet, Chet. Barry is what lead. I would say if, if I was a liar. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep it. The exact the same. Everything's going to be the exact same. Don't the you same. worry. Don't, don't even worry about it. Well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall. So I'm psyched. And here we go. Go. All right, Chet. I'm going to hit you with the uh, the basic details. Here I go with my finger guns. That's what. That's how you do basic details. That's you how fire. you hit somebody with basic details. Yeah, you fire. You fire it off. 
Um, so this movie came out in 2014. You and I actually first saw it in theaters. Uh, it was a movie that we both sincerely enjoyed. Uh, it's an hour and 54 minutes, so it's a little bit longer. Uh, PG-13. It's a biography drama thriller. So um, it's a movie that stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Kira Knightley primarily. Uh, right now you can find it on Netflix. So it, really easy to see really worth uh the movie night um the director was morton tildum you think i got that right no chance no it sounds like a painkiller what what was what was the movie all about all right so it's set in world war ii um it's the true story of alan turing who was uh set by the british government to decipher uh messages that were being sent back and forth from obviously the germans and and they're trying to figure out how to stay a couple steps ahead at all times because obviously things weren't at that time, going very well for for England during the war, um, and so he's this. He plays this like really kind of quirky um, genius who who is then tasked with with essentially deciphering an unbreakable code. Right, and, and so I would almost say like even more than quirky, he's almost like just he's so smart, but he's also he recognizes that he's so smart, so he's like part of this task force that's really trying to break the code and. You know, even in that task force of all of the most brilliant people in England, he looks at them like you guys are idiots. And so he's also tasked with putting together a team to help him accomplish this. And uh, at first, he doesn't want anything to do with that. He's just kind of this guy who wants to work on his own. But uh, inevitably, he has a team around him. And uh, the main team member that we see is played by Kira Knightley. So it's, it's this awesome movie because the entire time as we're watching as the viewer – we don't really know uh, exactly whether or not he's going to be successful in this. Right. Um, we don't know uh, what they're even trying to accomplish half the time because things keep changing on them as the story progresses. And also, uh, we find out midway through that that there's potential that there's a spy amongst them. So it's kind of like this constant sort of uh, keeps you guessing, yeah. uh, keeps you on your toes. You're following his frustrations and his desire to try to figure and crack these codes. And right. um, all the while... You know, there's a lot of political pressure around the project. And, um, of course, it's set during World War II times. So that's always fun, too, to kind of have that different setting and, and different time period. So a lot of fun in, in a movie that it's described as being a thriller and a drama. So I would I would definitely co-sign those things. I mean, I yeah. think it's, it keeps – it's kind of heart racing. Yeah, I think you're always kind of guessing. Um, he's a guy that doesn't really get along well with people, especially not, not initially. So it's kind of the story, too, of – him trying to figure out his place and in, in interaction with people. I think I love the, the role of Keira Knightley in this movie. Uh, she is also on this team of really brilliant people trying to solve uh, or to crack these codes. And I think the really interesting part is, you know, obviously it was a time where, you know, women being a part of something like this is, was not a common consideration. You know, it wasn't, wasn't something that uh, was considered normal or, you know, even her ability to kind of pass the test to, to be on that team you know, it was baffling to people. Yeah. And it all centers, it all centers back on the, the fact that they, they are having a ridiculous amount of like failure in terms of trying to crack this code. And ultimately it leads to him having to build the world's first computer. And that's not right. us giving, that's not a spoiler. No, 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 yeah. Like that's, we just rewatched a trailer. And I mean, that's, that's one of right. the main points of the trailer is that this is where the first computer was built right. or why the first computer yep. was built was to help crack these codes that they were intercepting, but couldn't do anything with. Right. And the reason I would say it's a great movie night pick is because it does, it is, you know, I, I love the setting of it. I think world war two is always a really interesting setting for, for movies right off the bat. And I think that there is obviously drama and it's a thriller as, as we've said already, 
but also there's there's kind of packed in humor to it as well. Yeah. And I think that Benedict Cumberbatch is an amazing actor and he really took on this role and he really became Alan Turing. Yeah. Um, and he, you can tell that he put a lot into this role and I think he's done a really good job with it. So uh, definitely worth your movie night. All right. So on IMDb right now, Chet, it's an 8.1, uh, which is obviously, again, really, really high. Very high. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, over seven and a half is high. So, you know, things in the eights are ridiculously high. Uh, what did you give it? Uh, I gave it an eight. It was great. I, I remember that year there was a lot of great movies that came out. Um, mm-hmm. That was the year that Birdman won um, Best Picture, but that was also Gone Girl was was that year as well. And Nightcrawler. I can't, I can't and, believe it's been that long since we saw this in theaters. Yeah, that's weird. That's frightening. It it's is. It's been over three years since we saw this in theaters. About three years, yeah. Well, what did you give it? Uh, I gave it a nine. And I remember telling you, I think you were, you know, as we were, as the movie ended, I immediately was like, that's, that's a nine. Because mm-hmm. I think uh, there's just a lot of, had all different elements that, that I loved, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember as we were talking about it, I think you were kind of debating back and forth. But, um, you know, for me, it was one that instantly I, I, I loved. The same, the same year, I remember we watched Gone Girl. Um, however, Gone Girl, I remember immediately finishing and saying that was a ten. Yeah, it was. A, so, it was actually. Uh, yeah. yeah, that. I mean, I've said this before. 2014 was a great year. A great vintage. A great year for movies. Good. It was a good year. A good, good vintage. Year. Yeah. Like uh, well, the wait. weather was perfect. Yeah. Isn't that what makes wines? I have no idea what makes wines good. Just wines. good weather. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's like sporadic weather. I think also helps. Maybe should we keep speculating, just like we do, Chet? I, who cares? What do, what do the professionals say? Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Lows entirely. I like you a lot. So we'll start with the worst review. Rodney, I already told you, and this is a fact, the worst review actually did come from Slant Magazine. We're not reading it. We've banned them. So you're actually getting over like the old yep. girlfriend now. Starting to actually get yeah, over it. Like they're, you, they're gone. You were also, quote unquote over her for a while by saying like, Slant Magazine... Not going to talk about you because here's what your review said. And yeah, I hate it. But I was like, I feel like you didn't officially ban them. Now we're closer. We're still referencing. We're them. getting there, and I think there it might have snuck onto the episode again if their uh, if their review was even decipherable. Like I feel like I would have needed Alan Turing to build me a computer to, to determine to, like what what is Slant saying this yeah. week. Um, but we're going to leave that one alone. Good. The actual worst review came from the Telegraph. Uh, and it says the imitation game is a, f- Oh boy, you're going to love this one. Oh boy. You just decided the, the imitation <laughs> mid, game mid sentence is a film about a human calculator, which feels a little too calculated. Oh, little play on words action. The person who wrote that felt he typed it out and thought, I just nailed this review. Just nailed it. Do you think, I feel like editors, like if you write for a newspaper, don't you f- probably feel like they they say like hey hey this isn't your ninth grade like essay write a freaking movie review you idiot that's what i picture editor i picture editors like chefs you know like the you know chefs and sous chefs yeah gordon ramsay just scream at people like throw fish in their face get out (laughs) yeah um which makes you wonder like how does how does that how does a kitchen run efficiently am i getting off track how's it run efficiently yeah, if you had, like, this dictator smashing fish around, like, my God. Like, if you were the owner of that restaurant, wouldn't you be like, that? the fish was undercooked? Like, it, you could just cook it a little bit more. You just wasted 
First of all, you think that every kitchen just has a guy smashing fish around? <laughs> and your question Ramsey. is, man, how do all these restaurants function yeah. when there's guys and they're just smashing <laughs> fish around all day long? You ever watch Hell's Kitchen, Chet? You don't know anything. Um, the worst review we already did. The best <laughs> review, the best review came from the Chicago Sun Times, and it says this film works as well as it does because of the genius of Benedict Cumberbatch and the way he has inhabited Alan Turing's persona. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. He's I think he fully like. If you were to say like that was actually Alan Turing, mm-hmm. as a kid, I would be like, yeah, I believe that. Like I know this thing, this movie didn't win anything major, but if they if it had won, to me it wouldn't have seemed all that surprising. And if yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch had won, would you think that it, it would have, seen- have won Best Actor for Benedict Cumberbatch or Best Supporting Act Actress for Keira Knightley? Like if you had to pick one, I think in this case definitely Cumberbatch because really? uh, well, I think anytime I I always I see I'm always uh, drawn towards characters that have weird quirks about them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm always fascinated by an actor taking on those weird quirks or yeah. maybe even adding some, like Heath Ledger's Joker yeah. wasn't so great just because of the lines, but also like how he delivered, it was kind of quirky. Right, right. Right. So I think like when, when, a, when, a, when an actor can bring that to the table. Much like the biographical Joker that happened in real life, right? What? Gotham City. Yeah, that's a place, right? It's in, uh, it's in Six Flags. So I guess, Jed, before we hop into... The movie that we're avoiding this week. Uh, we should also close with the Rotten Tomatoes score. Yes, because we've heard our reviews. Yep. We've heard the IMDb score. Yep. Which is like the fans. Yep. Including us. We contributed to that. We do. Um, we read the best and worst review. If you notice, the worst review wasn't all all that hateful. No. And it's because what we want to end with is what what is the Rotten Tomatoes score, which indicates... The people who get paid to look at movies and say these are good or bad. So what is that score? That Rotten Tomato score? That Rotten Tomato score, my friend, is 90%. 90%. That's extremely high. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say it in Spanish, but for some reason I decided the last second not to. <laughs> and instead it came out as a very froggish yes. What were you going to say in Spanish? Noventa. Como se dice en español Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> Tomates, roton. <laughs> I don't know the. I don't know the word. <laughs> Tomates, malo. Where do you think the name Rotten Tomatoes come from? Comes from? You think it's like? I feel like it's because like the old throw, thing back yeah, in the day. Throw, throw to, why that, do they have such an excess of tomatoes that they brought them to the theater? Like, yeah, what going was, to the theater? Make sure you get the tomatoes. <laughs> it might be a bad one. You know, yeah, did they did they specifically take their rotten tomatoes cuz they were Do you think angry? they had eating tomatoes and throwing tomatoes? If your movie if your performance was good, did they throw good tomatoes? Maybe. Like as as your payment, like you got to eat that week? Yeah, and then if Here, it were take, bad, take our our fresh produce. Yeah. <laughs> like the 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 first fruits. If it's bad, they throw the rotten ones. Yeah. And you're not really sure. You're never really sure if you did good or bad. <laughs> Until you take the first bite. <laughs> Until you take the... Ah, it's can, rotten! Because either way, they're throwing tomatoes. <laughs> either way, you're just seeing people hurl tomatoes at you. Boy, you better be sure which one you're throwing then if that person's determining how good they are at their craft based on the first bite. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on... shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. There's an old saying. 
We uh, should actually just both do our best Bush impersonation instead. All right, go for it. There was an old saying. <laughs> I can't it's do pretty it. pretty good. It started off good. That's all that I'm going to give you. sounded good. Mine's not as good. No. There's an old saying. <laughs> he sounds like he's actually old. Yours is far more. Yeah, yeah yours is far more old man. Mine than sounds like something. the old man Muppets that like I think threw tomatoes at people. I think that's what they did. Yeah, you think circling back gets that we're saying the George Bush thing is like like fool me once. Maybe it's time to explain it. Don't. This segment's about movies not, to avoid, not getting fooled by what you think might be a good movie. There's a lot of crap out there. There's Netflix promotions. There's You can Google what best movies on Netflix yeah. right now. You get a whole bunch of stuff from yeah. all these different websites. And also, we all know they're all getting paid. One that I just thought about this week, too, yeah. is when a when like a remake comes out or a sequel comes out, and you're like, well, and it's like the third or fourth sequel. You're like, well, do I have to go back and watch the second and third one? Yeah. And inevitably, those ones always suck. The movie that we're avoiding this week, which is, as we hinted at, which I wish we didn't in the intro, is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Rodney is trying to say that we're doing something a little bit differently this week, which is, instead of a movie to avoid, sometimes there's movies that are so bad that they're actually good. Yeah. And and I think that there's value in that. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you know like maybe you're trying to get something done maybe you're cleaning and you just have to put on a movie in the background a movie that's so bad that it circles around and ends up being entertaining this movie and you're saying immortal kombat mortal kombat annihilation Ooh, okay so it's probably a sequel so it came out and i remember when it came out well because, i need to see the first one to understand um i'm not sure it is a sequel it probably is a sequel um and Chet, no matter what you do, you couldn't understand this movie. This movie has the worst editing I've ever seen in my life. Like the it it's not it's awful. Like there's things and cuts and jumps that happen that I I feel like this would be this is almost like a good party trick if you were to put this on. <laughs> Cuz I swear it's captivating. Like it's well in in a weird way it's kind of like SVU. Yeah, except SVU is a different kind of captivating. SVU is one that is Can you imagine Ice-T and Mortal Kombat? Yeah, or like Mortal, or Ice-T watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That right there, oh, oh that's, sign me up. Wow, now we're... Yeah, sign me I up. I would watch Ice-T watch but I Mortal would watch, Kombat. I want Ice-T from SVU watching. I don't want actual Ice-T. Yeah, I don't know enough about him. No, I need it. I need the... I need him, like, making sexual jokes the whole time. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. I'm so glad that we have an Anchorman quote as one of the drops. I love it. I love lamp. And and the reason we have it right before the the topic each week is because usually most times we'll do like, okay, well, what's your favorite example of this type of movie or whatever? What do you love of this type of movie? And tonight we're talking about movies that we love that have Keira Knightley in them. Yep. Rodney, what's yours? Uh, mine is uh, the very first Pirates of the Caribbean. Which I think is is markedly different than the rest. I feel like they made that movie not thinking that they were going to make a ton more. I feel like the first one is yeah, a standalone was, on its yeah, own, I right? I think so. The second and third I, I liked a lot, but they they tell a, a combined story that the first one was distinctly separate from. The first one was also, the, I think, the first time I had seen her in a movie. I, I also developed a crush on her in that first... Uh, uh, pirate. It didn't last forever, but I still like have a soft spot for Kieran Knightley. I think 
Uh, so that, that I'd be lying if I didn't say that, that plays into it to some degree. I I just distinct like I loved everything about her in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. See, mine mine was uh, it was seeking a friend for the end of the world mm-hmm. from 2012 that had uh, Steve Carell as the main character. It's like the kind of like a romantic comedy where the world is actually ending. Like right. It's not. It's not like Armageddon where it's going to no, say no, it's, like like it's actually comedy, ending. It's coming yeah, to an end, and it's, it's like all about dry humor. Yeah, how right. people deal with the the world ending. Um, and she, so they're they're kind of on this journey together. It was. It's it's to me a really sneaky good movie that I feel like a lot of people didn't really like as much. I maybe I was just in the right place to love that movie, right? But, it's a, she it's was, a little slower, right? I yes, feel like that's maybe yeah. why. But the dry humor is what drives it, and I think she does a really good job with it. I think the reason I like her in that a lot. Or maybe it's my favorite version of of a Keira Knightley movie. Is that I didn't I don't know that I knew her to be someone who was as funny as she was in that movie. Yeah, I guess this is my question: Is Keira Knightley underrated? I mean, I honestly think she's great. I I like her in most things I've seen her in. In Love Actually, I thought she was great too. Yeah, I think she might be one of the most. I think she, to me, her and Liam Neeson are my two favorite characters from that. From from Love Actually. Love Actually. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's great. Um. I, yeah, because I'm curious if there was a time maybe like Pirates of the Caribbean came out and maybe she was briefly overrated. Like, you know, maybe everyone was like, whoa, you know, as she like came onto the scene. But since then, I feel like, I don't know, doesn't feel like she's stayed that appreciated. And I think it's fair to say she's underrated. Yeah, she's I agree. Great. Agreed. So we're almost done with the episode, but at this point, what we always do is uh, remind you to check out our website where you can scroll down and recommend a movie. We like to get that in at this part of the episode because we're about to get into our favorite scenes where it's uh, possible that we could spoil some of this movie for you. Rodney doesn't let me use the word spoily, but that's what I wanted to say. I stopped using it. Uh, Chet, we also tell people to... uh Hear us on Checked Out in Jersey, which is on Facebook Live on Mondays at 8 p.m. Uh, but you can also hear it on a podcast. It gets turned into a podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing a contest with them. And Chet, you're going you're gonna to tell us what the question of the week is this time, right? Yes, yeah, so you can just email the answer to downinjerseycontest at gmail.com. Be automatically entered to win both prizes, one of which is a brewery tour with us and the Checked Out in Jersey podcast. You could also sit in in their studio and we'll be there visiting them, doing one of their shows and one of ours, uh, which we're really excited for. But then the other prize is the Big Box of Magic, which we've talked about recently too. That's put out by the same people who did Cards Against Humanity and uh, it's a really cool thing. So the question of the week uh, from Matt uh, from Checked Out in Jersey is, what is the dumbest excuse that someone has given you to explain the dumbest thing that they've said or done. So the, a lot of dumb the, in there. The dumbest excuse someone's given you to explain the dumbest thing that they have said or done. I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know if I have a, a specific answer right off the top of my head. No, I'm going to have to think on this one too, but um, what are the odds that it's my answer for something I've done? For I was thinking, I think I'm just sifting through all the many, many Rodney stories, but while I do that, you can go and answer this question, like we said, at downinjerseycontest at gmail.com. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, Rodney, so now that we're, we're free to talk spoilies. Stop saying spoilies. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It's... It's not. It can't possibly be the term that we continue to. I don't know how long. You realize if you stop getting upset about it, I would stop. I would stop doing it. 
Yeah, just like you would stop mentioning Slam Magazine. You know what though? You know what I've I found is when um, I believe it when I see it. We get a lot of messages. Last 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 episode or one of the most recent episodes, you talked about how if you had an extra 115 hours, you'd want to participate more with our listeners. Yeah, which I think is great. Um, they they send us a lot of messages. Yeah, on Twitter, even on our website. Mm-hmm. If you e- actually an email a day, probably. Mm-hmm. If, and a lot of what they say when it comes to talking about the actual show, is they say that you and I have really good chemistry. And that, and that it sounds like we have been best friends for years. But then the people who know us really well will say, wow, I feel like you guys are so mean to each other <laughs> on the show. Oh, do you? Have like you Legna, heard that? Well, yeah. Like Legna yeah. said, you guys are the worst to each other on, on the show. And then I feel like Matt and Pete initially were like, wow, that you know they have really good chemistry. And then recently they were like, wait, why are they fighting all the time? It's almost like we're doing a bit sometimes. Do you know what I mean? You like, can't. You can't like. I'm can't, not saying we're doing a bit as we can't do give the, the secrets show. to the trade. We definitely no, are doing a bit. No, no, no. But I'm saying like when, like I think we do that. We do like a, a back and forth type of thing. Yeah, like yeah. if we're out somewhere, and even if it's strangers. Oh yeah, we'll do like in an elevator. Sudden, if you find yourself in an elevator with Rodney and I, we're probably going to start bickering just just to make you laugh. Just to do a back and forth. I can't think just of like cue. what we did recently. We did that in an elevator recently, didn't we? Pretty much always. All right, so I won't use the word spoily. I'll say, now that we can talk spoilers, uh, what was your favorite scene of Imitation Game? I think mine uh, is the ending. Uh, so yeah. in the by the end of the movie, you, you realize that um, he was also uh, homosexual, and which, you know, obviously was, was not something that was okay uh, in this, in this era. And so by the end, you know, so you know how brilliant he is. He's like, the movie has essentially concluded on this really high note, um, really optimistic note. Uh, they've, you know, saved the, uh, turn, turn, the, turn the war, yeah, turn the war the around, code, yep. turn the world war around in the end. You know, he's been taking medicine, and I'm not sure. I, can, I don't think they say what it was. Well, but they, they, they put him on medicine as, they, like, a treatment. They, uh, yeah, like they're exactly. trying to, like, treat. To solve it, right, or to cure him of it. Of and, homosexuality, uh, yeah. Um, and it's just completely affected his mentality, like, his, his ability to, you know, he's no longer the genius when he's on this medicine. Interesting that they decided that that was how they wanted to end the movie. And I think yeah. it's out of respect to the whole story i agree right yeah i think so too i i think you know you could make an argument you could probably make arguments of like oh would it be better without it but i think if you probably knew alan turing or if that if you knew that was part of his story i think it would be an incomplete story without ending it that way because you know i think his end his life kind of ends somewhat tragically right yeah, he's it's pretty kind bleak of, yeah he's um it's it's a painful way to watch this really powerful person go out yeah, yeah. My my favorite scene had a different sense to it altogether. So midway through the movie, he has now been he stopped he stopped working with his team, and he starts working in kind of this back room building this what we now know as a computer. But at the time, no one knew what he was doing. Like, what is he doing, spending all this time? I thought we're trying to crack these codes. And at one point, the sort of political pressure he's facing kind of comes to a, comes to a head where they they just barge into their workspace and they say like, "Look, time is up." Like we're funding you and you don't seem to be doing anything that we're like funding you to do. And they, they go to fire him or they do fire him and they start physically breaking apart the computer he was building. And it's at that point that his team comes in and says like, well, if you're going to fire him, you're going to fire us too. And, and right. really 
throughout the movie that his team kind of didn't have a good relationship with him, but right. it was at that point where they said, well, we're going to stand by him. And, right. and I think at that point it's it, in the movie, it's a turning point for when they then find the turning point of the war, which is the computer being built. So I just right. thought it was a great, like a really good part of the movie where kind of um, a conflict gets resolved. And now you're right. kind of like, everyone's now clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. As they're pushing towards if, the same thing. Yeah. And if I could add to that, cause I would also say like the whole movie builds throughout where, uh, you know, Alan Turing basically thinks he's smarter than the rest of them, right? Like he's he's kind of alienated himself, and he's you know he's not subtle about it. He's he's a jerk, really. Um, and so, Kira Knightley is one of the people that kind of helps him understand, like, hey, you know, regardless of what you think you're capable of, like it's it's going to mean nothing if you don't have like people who like you. All right, so imitation game. It is the movie of the week. Thank you again for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can email us at downthehallpodcast at gmail.com or our favorite way, go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com. And in this case, you can contribute to the conversation of your favorite Kira Knightley movies, um, as well as what it what are great movies that actually suck, but suck so bad they end up being good again. And of course, as always, I want to remind you, you can scroll down there at the bottom of the website. And you can recommend a movie for us that you think is worth someone's movie night. I'm Chet. That's Rodney. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how that goes. (laughs) 